0: As, as I go into the message, I'm going to ask you again to tighten your seatbelts. It's, it's going to be a difficult message for me to deliver, but I know the Lord has me here because somebody needs to hear what he wants to say to them today. So this message really is part two to the last message I shared three weeks ago. For, and for those of you who are here, the title of that message was The Weight of the Weight, the W-E-I-G-H T of the W A I T. And in that message, the core scripture that I used in looking at the life of Abraham was Genesis. And we looked at Genesis 15 1 to 6, Genesis 17 one to six and I looked at the importance of God changing Abraham's name to Abraham and that was a sealing God's promise to Abraham that Abraham at the time that he would become the father of many nations the name change meant that Abraham was being called by what he was not by who what sorry by, by what he was to be and not by who he was at the time I looked at the importance, therefore, of us knowing and accepting our identity in God. And I, not yet Sister sister Tamar, and I looked at the importance of calling ourselves by who God says we are, even before we see the promise come to pass. And I also looked at the time it took for God's promise, which was the birth of Isaac to come to pass, and by extension, the importance of how it is that we wait when we're waiting on God. I looked at Genesis 15, 1 to 6, where it said that Abraham believed God, believed God's promise, and it was credited to him as righteousness because of his faith. And finally, I close by looking at the importance of developing our faith in the process of our waiting on God. Q1, um, Sister Tamar. And so this week's message, as I said earlier, will be part two of that message, The Weight of the Weight. And I'm going to be using a lot of pictorial and video references in this message because that is the direction that the Lord um, led me in. And I really do pray that you will, you will, it, it will minister to you and you will get the, the analogy that I'm painting through these pictures and images. So the first image that I want you to look at is a set of knives, different blades. And in the bottom right-hand corner, you will also see an image which is just raw steel. Round steel, square steel, different hollow steel, different types of steel. And the knives are different types of knives. Different shapes, they're of different thicknesses, different lengths. And they also serve different purposes. And so I'm going to use these knives as a metaphor for our faith. Thank you. Abraham's faith, as we admire today, was like those finished blades that we see in that picture. Perfected, beautiful, purposeful, and they will do what they were created to do, yes? But Abraham could not have laid his son on the altar to be sacrificed if he had not gone through the process of faith building. But to get where Abraham got, the Abraham that we know today, the Abraham that we talk about, to get there, he had to start from a raw block of iron, that picture that you saw in the bottom right hand corner, just the raw iron. Abraham had to start somewhere. Q2. And so it's let, let, let's let's go down a journey this morning. And the videos that I'm gonna use in this message. I will give credit to the program "Fortune in on the History Channel. So the videos are are property of the History Channel. So that's that's full disclosure that I want to make this morning. And so I want you to watch this video this morning. And there's no audio in this, but what this video is showing are some contestants on this program, and the contestants are given raw steel and from that raw steel they're challenged to make different types of blades and you see the process of making the blades it's heated they shape it they knock it they hammer it and you see the glowing blade which means that it would have had to spend some time in the furnace that you're seeing there's this um electronic tool or um I can't remember the name of it, but it's a tool that is literally hammering the blade. Then they do what they call quenching. Here's a different process. This this was a ball of steel that they were challenged with to make a blade. And they go through the process of sanding and burning and shaping and hammering. All of that is required to turn this, this, this steel from just raw steel into a finished product. And the finished product, that is to do what it is intended to do. See, you're looking at different types of blades, The product of the process that you would have seen earlier. And we may desire to have faith and walk in authority. Like the, as Pastor Ava likes to say, thank you. As Pastor Ava likes to say, the, the giants of the Bible. We want to have this kind of faith like Abraham, who trusted God enough to lay his son, Isaac, on the altar to be sacrificed. Or we want to have faith like Moses, who led God's people out of captivity, only to face our sea before him and an army behind him. But he had faith enough to stretch out his rod when he was instructed, and the sea parted. We want to have faith like Elisha, who spoke a blessing over the Shunammite woman, and she bore a son. And then when he died, because of his faith, that son came back to life many of us have said that we want to be like, we want to have mustard, uh, mustard, mustard seed type faith. The Bible says if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to that mountain, be moved and cast and into the midst of the sea. We pray for that. We want to have that kind of faith. But if we're to be honest with ourselves this morning, not all of us have desired. This kind of faith and prepared to go through the process it takes to get there. We desire it, but we're not prepared to go through the process. What does it take to get there? And so by now, you may be wondering, where am I going with this? What is the title of my message? And to understand how Abraham got to be the man of faith that he's known for, we need to go back to the beginning of Abraham's journey. So the title of my message to you this morning is Forged in Fire. Forged in Fire. And the scripture that I'm going to use I want you to get a pictorial of of the the forged in fire. This is this blade that was created, and the process of creating that blade is what you saw earlier. And the first scripture that I want us to look at this morning is from Genesis 12, verse 1 to 9. And I'm going to ask someone to read that for me, please.
1: want to read it. It says, The Lord said to Abraham, Go from your land, your relatives, and your father's house, and, I'm sorry, and your father's house, to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife, Sarai, his nephew, Lot, all the positions they had accumulated, and all the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abraham passed through the land to the site of Shechem at the Oak of Moreh. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your offspring, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there, he moved on to the hill country, east of Bethel, and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. He built an altar to the Lord there, and he called on the name of the Lord. Then Abraham journeyed by stages to Negev.
0: Thank you. So Abraham journeyed by stages to Negev. And it continues by saying there was a famine in the land. But we're going to pause there. There was a famine in the land. So Abraham got the instructions where to go. Didn't know where he was going, but he got instructions where to go. Clear instructions that he was to go to Canaan but there was a famine in the land. Abraham's journey of faith began well. He took his family and left his homeland for a foreign land that he did not know at the time where he was going. But after he arrived in Canaan, the first sign of trial for Abraham at the time was there was a famine in the land. Abraham had to make a decision whether he was going to stay in the land God sent him to or leave. So my first point to you this morning is the character test. This famine where Abraham was, was the first sign of fire that Abraham Abraham had to face. Here he was already in the process of being forged to become what God had called him to be, But he was now being put in the fire of famine. Famine. What would the outcome be? He was facing lack. And he had to decide whether he was going to trust his God to provide. Or to make a decision that was contrary to God's directive. So so let us go back to verse 10. Verse 10 says, there was a famine in the land. and And it continues. So Abraham went down to Egypt. To stay there for a while because the famine in the land was severe. Note what it said. Abraham went down to Egypt. God didn't send him to Egypt. Abraham's faith gave way to fear, and instead of staying where God sent him, he made a decision to leave and go to Egypt. God did not send him to Egypt, so he was disobedient. So we see two issues arising here with Abraham. Fear and disobedience as mentioned earlier you may be praying for a faith like abraham you may be praying for the birth of a promise or for god to answer your prayers concerning something specific but what is your reaction when you face the furnace of lack what is your reaction when you have to make a decision between self-preservation and obedience abraham's giving into his flesh to source food in Egypt rather than wait on God's provision was clear evidence that he was not where he needed to be. Fear drove Abraham to disobedience. Fear and disobedience were issues related to Abraham's character. And we continue to see where his character flaws were becoming more and more evident as he faced his furnace. So as we go through the varying experiences, some of you may be asking or wondering, why why didn't God intervene? Or, Or why did God allow this to happen? But Abraham's character needed to be developed so he could become what God had called him to be, which was the father of many nations. And I want to make a distinction between what you would have heard in the message on the communion and what i'm going to share this morning the trials and tribulations that we sometimes face in our lives can be a result of what um reverend evans shared in that message because because there's a disconnect because we we take the holy communion for granted uh, and we uh, we're sitting at two tables and we're compromising But there are also times in our lives when we go through trials and tribulations and we face the furnace because God allows it, because he's working on something in us. So that is what I want to focus on this morning. Sometimes the fire will come because the enemy is trying to defeat us and discourage us, but God will permit it because he wants to purify us. He wants to purify you. Sometimes the fire will come. Because God himself sends it to shape and form you into what he has called you to be. So let us continue with the scriptures. And as we continue on Abraham's journey, let us see what happens when Abraham got to Egypt. So we pick up from verse 11 and we're going to read from 11 to 20. When he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife, Sarai, look. I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians you see, sorry, when the Egyptians see you, they will say this is his wife. They will kill me but let you live. Please, say you are my sister so it will go well for me because of you and my life will be spared on your account. When Abraham entered Egypt, the Egyptians saw the woman was very beautiful. Pharaoh's officials saw her and praised her to Pharaoh. So the woman was taken to Pharaoh's household. He treated Abraham well because of her. And Abraham acquired flocks and herds, male and female donkeys, male and female slaves, and camels. But the Lord struck Pharaoh and his household with severe plagues because of Abraham's wife, Sarah. So Pharaoh sent for Abraham and said, what have you done to me? Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you say she's my sister so that I took her as my wife? Now, here is your wife. Take her and go. Then Pharaoh gave his men orders about him and sent him away with his wife and all he had. So, what are the key points that we need to look at here? As Abram was entering Egypt, he told his wife Sarai to lie and say that she is his sister. Another character flaw that became evident and it became evident because he was in the furnace of famine and he escaped to Egypt. Another character flaw that became evident is that Abraham was deceptive. He deceived Pharaoh and the people to think that Sarah was his sister and not his wife. So what do we see here? We see here that disobedience was the first thing to surface. But after disobedience came dishonesty and deception. But guess what? In all of this, God knew that there was a beautiful blade that could be forged in Abraham. And so in spite of all these character flaws, all these character issues, he saved Abraham from himself. And God's promise also had to be fulfilled. So God struck Pharaoh's household with a plague. And it was then that he learned the truth about Sarai, and he sent them away. What am I saying in all of this? Sometimes as we wait for the promise and the blessing from God, we find ourselves in a furnace which seems unbearable. For Abraham, it was famine. But what is it for you? Are you in the furnace of lack? Is there genuine material lack in your life? You may feel like those blocks of steel being heated and hammered and heated and hammered, and the process is repeated, heated and hammered, heated and hammered, you're being sanded and sparks are flying all over, and you're feeling, you're feeling the heat of what you're going through. It may be that you're struggling to pay your bills, you're struggling to pay your children's school fees, you may be in a marriage that in your eyes, your marriage is dead and you want out, you may be sick, and despite praying time and time again, you have not seen You're healing. You may be feeling the heat of not being able to pay your rent or your mortgage. You're feeling hammered. And you're not even able to meet your basic needs. But my message, my encouragement to you this morning is that there's purpose in the fire. The iron cannot become a blade unless it sits in the fire and allows the bladesmith to manhandle it, manipulate it, hammer it, twist it, burn it, hit it, cut it, all kinds of things are done to the steel before it can become a blade. You see, with Abraham's fire of famine, it became evident that there were character issues that he had to work on. What is being exposed in you as you sit in your fire? The process of forging is to work us and to fashion us into what God created us to be. The fire that you're sitting in is to forge and form your character. And I'm going to highlight several situations that God may allow us to go through to reveal the nature and shape of our character. And I've been working on this message simultaneously as I worked on part one not knowing what or how it would fit but I knew that this is something that the Lord wanted me to share I didn't even know it would have been part two of a message I just knew that this is something that the Lord had placed on my heart and I started making notes and Friday morning as I was still working on this message I felt the Lord was prompting me to share my story And I froze because guess what? I didn't want to. Some of you may know it, but some of you don't. And some of you may know just parts of it. And I said, Lord, please don't don't let me have to do this. And if, if if it is you want me to do it, give me confirmation. But the Lord had already spoken. And I spent the entire day, Friday, typing a message. And I woke up on Saturday with the intention to work on the videos that I'm sharing with you. And I felt convicted, the Holy Spirit convicted me, but I I told you what you should say already. And I had to spend the entire day on Saturday rewriting this message. And so I'm going to step out in obedience and do what the Lord told me to do. So as I wrote about character formation, looking at the life of Abraham, I too was being put to the test. Would I be obedient or would I be disobedient? And that was a test of my character. And so I knew that I had to pass this test and you will understand the significance of passing the test later. So my character was being built and forged even in the process of writing this message. So for those of you who do not know, and for those who know, it will be just a reminder that I was a career banker. My last full-time job in banking was as vice president of a commercial bank here in Jamaica. And at the time I was the youngest VP in the bank doing exceptionally well professionally. And I knew that God's favor was on me. And as a side note, I, I for those of you who don't know, I love working with my hands. So it was a joy for me to go to the 9 to 5, Monday to Friday. But on the weekends, I would do some kind of woodwork. I, I'd make things. I love that was my hobby. I enjoyed that. As a VP at the time, did very well. Made good money, had savings, investments. And, and by the world standards, I was successful. I was doing well. No chick or child, no husband. So I was free to do what I wanted to do as I pleased, but eventually the Lord shifted me from that position in full-time banking, and I went into consulting, still in, ba- in, the, in the era of banking, but I was a consultant, and as a consultant, I did even better as, than I did as, as a VP, and I mean in terms of my, my earnings. And when I when I bought my house, I took the longest mortgage period that I could take. Because, you know, the, the longer the, the mortgage period, is, the lower the payments. And so I think at the time, it was a 35-year mortgage that I had taken. And after a few years, I decided that I was going to buy an investment property using the equity in my house. Because there was enough equity in my house to do that. So I never had a mortgage on that property. And I was doing so well that I decided, you know what? I am going. I want to cut the, the, the life of this mortgage. So I went into the institution and I decided to, to restructure the, the loan. And that, of course, would have helped me to save on the interest. And so when I made that decision, I now started paying three times what I originally would pay on my mortgage. And it wasn't an issue. As a matter of fact, there was a time where I would put one year's mortgage payments in the account and I'd forget about it for that year. That that, that was how comfortable I was financially. And I I don't want anybody listening to think that I'm I'm boasting because you cannot understand the heat of my furnace without understanding where I'm coming from. And so I was doing, as I was doing consulting, there came another shift in my life. And I felt like the Lord was calling me to leave banking altogether. And what was a hobby at the, at the time, I felt like the Lord was saying, you need to commit to this full time. And so I formalized the business as, as most of you or all of you guys know would know, JC the carpenter. Which means Jesus Christ the carpenter, that's the name that he gave me. And it's been four and a half years since I've been doing that full time. Eventually, of course, savings run out, resources become depleted. And so I went from years of complete financial freedom to times when I did not know how my bills were going to be paid because the business was struggling, still is struggling. And when things got difficult financially, my family stepped in and they were a big help to me. In the midst of all of this, I cannot explain to this day why, but I know that it was the Lord's prompting. I decided to sell the investment property. And the proceeds from that sale could have fully paid off my mortgage on, on my home. But again, it may seem irrational to man, but I did not do that. I loaned some of the money to a couple and the conversation and the expectation was that I would be repaid. And I had no doubt that I would be repaid. And put all of my time and effort into building my business. And as I did that, things became more and more difficult because the income wasn't coming in. And I was expecting repayment of this money that I had loaned. So I said, well, at least you know this, this will come in. And I can use it to, to pay off my mortgage and, you know, things will will lighten a little bit. So I thought, out of nowhere, one day I heard the Lord say, Can you need to forgive the loan? And I remember, <laughs> I remember when I heard it, I dismissed it. And I said, God may not play your man. Literally, that's what came out of my mouth. God may not play your man. And I dismissed it. Because I said, of all the times, it would not have been before, when, but of all the times when I'm now at a place where I know that I need this, the Lord is going to tell me to write off this loan. And the Holy Spirit said to me at the time, I have it in my journal, it's all or nothing. And so I made the call and I advised the person that I was writing off the loan and they did not need to pay me back. And... (laughs) The question I was asked is, are you sure? Maybe you should think about it and, you know, um, get, get back to us. And I said, no, I'm sure. This is what the Lord told me to do. And the person said, no, man, think about it and I'll give you some time and I'll call you back. I said, there's nothing to think about. Because I knew that I knew that I knew it was the Lord that was telling me to do this. And the person insisted, "Okay, I'll call you back. And they never called me back. And, I, and the funny thing is I kind of think they never called me back at the time because they were afraid I would change my mind. But there was no mind to change. And we've spoken since and everything is okay. So, so that, that's just an aside. But I share that to say that the temperature of my furnace was being termed, turned up. I may have started out at, at 100 degrees Fahrenheit. I don't know. But by this time, it felt like it had doubled because now I was feeling the strain of lack. And in the midst of all of this, I kept getting prophetic word after prophetic word about my business and breakthroughs that are coming. And year after year passed and nothing happened. And I have no doubt that the, the perfect prophetic words that I got were from straight from God. So I'm still holding on to that. But during that season of being in the furnace, there were days of me not having food. And I remember one day my my brother came by and I just broke down. And because I broke down because I was hungry. And he took me to the supermarket and I bought whatever I wanted to buy. There were other days that I had no money. And I remember one year it it was mango season. And thank God for mangoes because mangoes became breakfast, lunch and dinner during that season. There were other days when oatmeal was my staple, and I remember clearly, like it was yesterday. One morning, I was making a pouring the milk in the oatmeal, and I saw that there were weevils in the oatmeal. But I could not afford to throw it away, so I poured the milk on the oatmeal, and I just used a spoon to scoop out weevils, and that was breakfast. That is the nature of my furnace. And I'm sharing all of this with you this morning out of obedience. It's not because I want to broadcast my business. And something in me, in spite of all of this, something in me would not allow me to give up. I could have gone back into banking to this day. I can still go back into banking. But I know what the Lord told me to do, and I'm moving in obedience. The Lord in his tender mercy and grace, in all of this, would send words of encouragement and persons who would just stand with me. And he surrounds me, has surrounded me with friends who bear me up. And I don't, I I won't, I won't start naming names. But I have to make specific reference to one friend who, out of the blue, just out of the blue, who weren't even talking about money or my situation. And she said to me, You know, kind of wondering, oh, I can get you a card. I said, Go, oh, I mean, what can I get that card? What kind of card are you talking about? She said, I want to give you a, a, a supplemental credit card. I said, Supplemental credit card. She said, Yes, I want to give you a supplemental credit card. And, Cut a long story short, what she did was she gave me a supplemental card on her account. And that has been over two years now. And so that is the card that I use to cover my groceries and put gas in my car. That is the kind of favor that God has given me with people in my life as I sit in my furnace. I'm coming back to the furnace But that is the kind of favor that God has given me. And time after time, I didn't know how things were going to work out. Sometimes I still don't know how things are going to work out. But he would send help. And he was saying to me, Karen, it's okay, I got you. I know that your fire is hot. I know that you have to go through the heat. I know that the hammering is painful. I know that the cutting feels unbearable i know that the shaping and the twisting makes you want to give up but just hold down a little bit longer and my question to you this morning is is that you is that where you are this morning what are you going through that you're saying god i can't take it anymore god where are you god haven't i been faithful Lord, have I not given into your kingdom? Have I not been obedient in sowing? Lord, have I not sacrificed a lot in obedience to you? When is all of this going to end? When is my furnace going to be turned on? When am I going to be taken out of the heat? You look around and you see your peers prospering by the world standards. And you may even face ridicule and shame and feel like a misfit. Because it feels like you're foolish to abandon the worldly pursuits in obedience to God. And and let me me just make this clear. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with full-time job. There's nothing wrong with with earning an income. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. So do not think that I'm saying that. But the point I'm making is that some persons are called to give up some of that. To go the path that the Lord has charted for them. And our paths will be different. So going back to Abraham. Abraham took his family and left safety. The safety and the comfort of home that he knew. In blind obedience to God. To go to a place where he did not even know. What is God calling you to walk away from? That you're being stubborn. Who is God calling you to walk away from? That you're being stubborn and disobedient. Over time, going back to my story, over time it became more and more evident to me that my family did not understand why I was not working full time. Why didn't I go? Why have not? Why haven't I gone back into to banking? If life's so tough, then you have options. So, so we, we're still going to struggle for. And uh, to compound all of this, they, they see me flying off to, to, to Rockstan for NLH retreat. I've been to Kenya not one time, not two times, but three times. And so imagine somebody looking on and seeing all of this, but at the same time, you say you're struggling. It not makes, it not rational, it not makes sense. But in all of that, persons looking on don't recognize that all of those trips were in and of themselves A sacrifice, not like I had money going out of my ears. It was a sacrifice to do all of that in obedience to what God told me to do. Is that your story this morning? The Lord has told you to make some decisions that are foolish, seem foolish to the world. That cause people to question your judgment. That cause people to question your wisdom. But what will you decide? So many times, we're in praise and worship, and we sing, Oh, I want Jesus. That, that is not one of, one of my favorite songs. Oh, I want Jesus. Oh, I want Jesus. Take this world and give me him. We sing it. But do we truly mean that? Are you truly prepared to go through what it takes? To get there to get all that jesus has for you to experience all of him q2 that is a question that we have to answer and we have to be honest with ourselves with ourselves about are we prepared to go through the forge for fire to have the lord shape and hammer us into what he wants us to be so let us look at Another video of the forging process.
2: The quench is one of the most crucial and delicate moments in the art of forging a blade. This is the moment when the bladesmith discovers all of the hard work he has put into forging. The quench is one of the most crucial and delicate moments in the art of forging a blade.
0: Oh, sorry. That is that is it. Sorry, sorry Tamara. Go ahead. I'm so sorry. So the video that is coming up is part of the forging process, and it's called quenching. And I want you to listen to the post as it speaks.
2: The quench is one of the most crucial and delicate moments in the art of forging a blade. This is the moment when the bladesmith discovers if all of the hard work he has put into forging that blade will pay off. The process first involves the bladesmith heating the steel up to the critical temperature, which he judges by looking at the color of the steel. When he is happy with the temperature, he dunks the steel into a cooling medium, which is usually either water or oil, which hardens the steel. Once the quench is done, the bladesmith examines the blade very carefully to see if any cracks have appeared, or if the blade is held firm and he's good to go. All right. Happy days. So that is a
0: process of quenching after the blade goes through the, the heat of the fire and it's hammered and all of that it has to go through quenching and what quenching does is that it hardens the blade and hardening the blade means that the blade is now the structure of the blade is strong enough to, to take on what the blade was created to take on so going back to Abraham we want to have a faith like Abraham. We want to look like the the beautifully finished blades that we saw earlier. We want to be hardened to perform the task that we were created to perform. But are you willing to wait like Abraham over 25 years for the promise of Isaac? 25 years for that promise to become a reality. The host said in the video that the bladesmith watches The blade in the furnace to see when it's at the right temperature. You are sitting in your forge this morning, and the Lord is watching you to see if you're at the right temperature. And it's only when you get to that right temperature, He can take you out and put you in the quench. If you go in the quench before, you're going to be brittle. If you go in the quench too late, you're going to be brittle. They're going to be cracks. They're going to be chips. All kinds of things can happen with the blade if you either go in too early or too late. And what I want you to get in all of this is that while as shown in the video, it's the bladesmith that determines when that blade comes out. God has given us free will. And though he may want to take us out when the time is right, Or allows to sit longer because he sees what needs to be developed in us. Because of free will, he won't force us. So he may be saying to you, it's time time to stay a bit longer. But you're saying, no, Lord, I want to come out of this situation. And you decide that you're going to help God. Or he's saying, it's time you get out of that situation. But you're saying, no, this is my comfort zone. I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to leave my homeland like Abraham did. Because I'm comfortable. So I'm going to be disobedient. All of that can result in flaws in your blade. And Abraham may have gone through a process that we don't know. He waited 25 years. But could it be, let, let's, let's just think through this for a minute. Could it be that after 10 years, God took Abraham out of this the, the furnace and he saw that, no, 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 you're not ready. So I need to put you back in. What the quenching video did not show is that if the blade was not forged properly, the blade can warp when it goes in the quenching oil, it can warp, it can twist, it can bend, it may become brittle, it may snap, all kinds of things can happen to it. Weaknesses will emerge because the timing wasn't right. Maybe because of your impatience, You stepped out of your fire too early and you have now become brittle. And the Lord is saying, there's more that I need to work on in you. Maybe you're staying too long and the Lord is saying, no, no, you need to come out because if you don't come out now, it's going to compromise where I want you to be. Are you willing to just fully yield to what the Lord wants to do in you? Abraham's faith journey started from him leaving home to go to a foreign land. He went through a time when fear caused him to disobey and he went to Egypt. He went through a time of separation from his nephew, Lot. He went through a time of little faith where Sarai prompted him, talked him into sleeping with Hagar because they wanted to help God. Things weren't coming through fast enough, so they wanted to help God. All of these things would have been an indication that he was not ready. Is that you this morning? What what is it in your process that is saying to the Lord? No, 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 you are not ready. You're not ready to be quenched. You need to stay a little bit longer. And are you willing to wait? Are you willing to stay a little bit longer? Is that a price that you're willing to pay? Whatever it is that you're, you're called to walk away from. Or whatever it is you're called to do without. In my case, you you would have heard part of my story. All of those experiences that Abraham went through played a part in him becoming who God wanted him to be. But Abraham's process does not end there. What I intentionally did not mention at the beginning of this message was that before the contestants start the forging process, they're usually given certain parameters within which to work and sometimes they're shown a sample blade. This is the blade that I want to make. The blade has to be X number of inches long, X number of inches wide, and they're told the purpose for which they're making the blade, Q4. And with this knowledge, the bladesmith will forge their blade according to the intended purpose, according to the specifications that they have been given. And so on the screen you're seeing Two types of blades. You're seeing a meat cleaver, which you're probably all familiar with. A meat cleaver is intended to chop meat. It is not intended to pierce. It is not intended to slice. It is designed to chop through meat and bone. And so, a cleaver will not have a point. It has a blunt end. You see, you see the shape of the cleaver because guess what? That, that's the purpose for which it was created. The other image that you're seeing is a cleaver. A K-Bar has a different purpose than a cleaver. K-Bar. K-Bar is a knife that can be considered a combat knife. Why? Because it is made to open cans. It's actually standard issue for military personnel in the U.S. And so it is made, it can open cans, it can cut wood, it can cut through wire, it can cut through cable. And so because of the purpose that it's intended for, the design is different and the process is different. And what's the point of all of this? Thank you. The Lord created each of us for a specific purpose. My purpose is different from your purpose. Your purpose is different from from Tamara's purpose. Tamara's purpose is different from Laverne's purpose. And so my forging process will be different from Tamara's forging process. It will be different from Laverne's forging process. And also my end product will be different from their end product. But what is common is that we all are expected to function in the purpose that we were created to function in. You cannot have faith like Abraham or Elisha or Elijah and not be prepared to go through what it takes to get there. You cannot expect to see the promises of God materialize or manifest in your life. If you're not willing to go through your process, there's too much at stake for you to abandon your forge now. What we all need to embrace this morning is that the varying things that the Lord will allow us to go through is part of that character formation, still on character. It may be lack, it may be sickness, it may be marital problems, it may be trouble with your children. It may be difficulty on your job, it may be family issues, whatever it is that you identify is part of your forging process. So my question is, will you yield to it? So, all the heating and the hammering and the cutting and shaping, you, you would think, boy, okay, Lord, it's time for a break, I've been through enough. And you feel like, okay, you know, the Lord called me to, to be an evangelist. The Lord called me to travel the world doing this or, you know, ministering to his people. You feel like the Lord, you you may even have gotten a prophetic word that the Lord has called you to be a kingdom financer. So you're expecting the, the floodgates of heaven to open and, and the financial blessings to, 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 to be released in your life. Maybe you are you're called to be an encourager, a nurturer to 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 be there for persons who need that support but guess what too much is at stake for God to release you know without testing you he's forging you he's formed you he's shaped you you've been quenched but before you can be released to do what it is you have been called to do you have to be tested and so my first point was character formation, where the Lord puts us through the, the forge of the fire to bring out those flaws in us that need to be worked on. But the second part of the process is the strength test. And so that's my second point to you this morning, the strength test. We all have to go through a strength test. So what was Abraham's strength test? Genesis 22, 1-2 to says... Sometime later, God tested Abraham. It's okay, Sister Tamar. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain, I will show you. Q5. So Abraham was being tested. The scripture says, sometime later, God tested Abraham. We all have to go through a test. And the video that you're going to see now is the strength test. And I want you to pay careful attention to what the judge says as we start this video.
2: Bladesmiths, this is the strength test. To test the strength and durability of your edge, I'm going to chop into these bones six times each. This test is all about what the bones do to your blades and not what your blades do to these bones. Brian, you're up first. Pretty big bones, and anybody that watches this show knows that. Brian, your edge held up perfectly. Awesome.
0: So we see with that contestant, he went through, his blade went through the strength test. The judge said, it is not about what your knife does to the bone, it's about what the bone does to your knife. Imagine that. So it's about what hitting that knife on the bone does to your knife and that contestant passed the test. And so it was time for Abraham's strength test. Everything he had been through up to this point was shaping his character and developing his faith. But now was the time where the rubber needed to meet the road. What has your journey of character development and faith building been to date? Are you at a place where you're saying sometime later, God tested me. Sometime later, God tested, I'm feeling your name. Is that your story this morning? Well, guess what? That is my story. And my story reads, sometime later, God tested Karen. And so I'm gonna continue with my, 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 my story. I went from years of support and encouragement from my family to a period where they started withdrawing from me and I struggled with sharing not 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 just the first part of my my, my story today, but I particularly struggled with sharing this part of my story because for those of you who do not know me and and, and I, I don't think anyone on now knows me well enough to know how fiercely protective I am of my family. And so I was burdened with how, how can I share this and still protect them? And what the Lord said to me yesterday is that, that's not your job Karen, that's my job. So I had it to obey. So seemingly with my family overnight, things took a shift because I would not allow them to control me concerning a particular matter. And all of a sudden I became a villain. It went from someone who was before willing to help with my mortgage, declaring me done last month or the last money here. Imagine hearing your family member say, Boy, if I never help her so much, you know how much money would I have now. Imagine that. Imagine hear, hearing somebody say, You have a nerve after you pay for this and pay for that. Imagine hearing, Boy, we never know the kind of that on work list. Imagine hearing that from your family. Q6. Imagine hearing that from your family members and not just any and anybody, but people who you're close to. I want you to watch this video of other strength tests that were done. And go ahead, um, Sister Tara, I'm gonna talk through as you watch this video. Imagine hearing all of what I've said. Your blade, my blade, is being hit on the bar. The Lord was testing me. Not what my blade was going to do to the bar, but what the bar was going to do to me. And hit after hit. That was the result. I broke. I broke because those words broke me. And so here I was broken, thank you, hurt, confused, angry, resentful, wondering how did things get to a place where my family members, who I care about so much, and who I know care about me, could say things that are so hurtful. Abraham had gone through enough, so when God told him to lay Isaac on the altar, he did so without Christian. I I, I never reached there. My blade breaking was saying to me that I still have some stuff to work out. What circumstances are you in now that has broken you? What has happened that has caused the pain, hurt, anger, resentment, and just all of a sudden, something has put a spoke in your wheel and you feel like you're at a dead stop. Yes, you've gone through the fire of the forge. Yes, you may have felt the hammering and the cutting and the sanding and the filing and all of the things that we saw before. But still, when you were put to the test, you broke. It was not shown in any of the videos. In the interest of time, I, I didn't add it. But in one of the strength tests, when the blade broke, the judge after looking at the broken blade, he's looking at the edge of the blade. And I wanna use something as an example. Say this ruler represents one edge of the blade that was broken. And he looks at the edge of the blade and he says, the grain is smooth like velvet. Imagine that, that is what you want. You want the grain to be smooth. He says the grain is smooth like velvet, but there's a dark spot. And in the video, you see the smoothness of the grain of the blade, but there's a spot there that is dark. And he says that dark spot is a weakness. And that is why the blade broke. What the Lord was showing me was that in some areas I may have been smooth like velvet. But in other areas, I had dark spots, and those dark spots caused me to grow, to break. The dark spots for me included looking to persons as my source instead of looking to God. So his solution was to put me in a situation where the financial help that I was getting from that source dried up. So I had no choice but to look to him because my my, my focus was wrong. I was now being called to a higher level of faith. My strength test was not only about faith. What I just mentioned had to do with faith, but my strength test was also exposing character flaws in me. My other dark spots were that after the incident, I realized that I had harbored unforgiveness and resentment because of what was said to me. And so I know the Lord permitted them to say what they said and do what they did to teach me forgiveness and how to release those who had hurt me. My other dark spot was that I allowed the situation to steal my peace and my joy. Again, I believe God permitted it to remind me to live by Romans 5, 1 to 4. And what does Romans 5, 1 to 4 says? It says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. I was also being tested to see if I would love, even after all that happened, happened. 1 Corinthians 13, 4-5, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. What are your dark spots? As you listen to this message, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what are your dark spots. You may think that you're smooth like velvet. From the outside, your blade is beautiful. Well, I, I mean, very attractive. But... God is not interested in the outside. He says he looks at our hearts. And so what is your grain structure looking like this morning? You have been created on purpose for fulfillment of purpose. But God has to work on those dark spots in you before he can trust you to do what he has called you to do. He can't afford to lose you because of your dark spots. Or have you hurt others because of your dark spots? Most of us feel like that we're ready to do what God has called us to do. But guess what? Hurt people hurt people. Broken people hurt people. Insecure people hurt people. Impatient people hurt people. Unkind people hurt people. There is something in you that God sees that you have not yet seen. There's a dark spot in you that I'm encouraging you to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you this morning. Before the blades went through that test, it looked beautiful. On the outside, attractive. But remember the story of Samuel? When Samuel went to anoint one of Jesse's sons, Samuel was focused on the exterior but what did God say to him? In 1 Samuel sixteen seven, the Lord said, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. God is putting you through a strength test to reveal what is in your heart. Do not resist your testing. So, the first test we went through was the character test. The second strength test that we're going through is the faith test. When your faith is put to the test, Does your blade shatter? Does it crack? Does it warp? Does it bend? Does it chip? Whatever the result, if your faith is shaken, then you need to stop and do some introspection. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you where your weak spot is. Could it be that your faith was anchored on the outcome of what it is that you're praying for or believing for and not on God himself. And what do I mean by that? I'm gonna give you an example again with me. For those of you who are listening, who are part of the purposeful WhatsApp group, you would have seen on the 31st of August, I had put out a prayer request and I, I'm expounding on it just for those who are not part of that group, I had put out a prayer request Asking for prayers for my cousin's father in law because he was having a heart attack and he had no pulse. At the time I put out the request, he was being attended to by the EMS or paramedics, I think is what you call them. And I began praying, and every fiber of my being was extending my faith to believe that the Lord was going. he was going to regain a pulse and that he would live. The original message for prayer in the family chat, the request was put in the family chat by by my cousin. And I saw that at 10.42. And immediately as I saw it, I began praying. I responded and I said, pray now. And I was praying. And as persons in 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 the family group saw it, they responded, Praying now, you know, hugs and prayers as easy on the way to the hospital, or all the, the, the pertinent questions. And I put out the request in the purposeful group at 10 And this is AM. I was still praying. My faith was going to be tested. As I continued praying, I felt like I needed to be more definitive in my comment in the family group. All I said initially was praying now. And something in my spirit was saying that you need to make a declaration in that group. And all kind of things started going through my mind. What if he doesn't make it? What if this? What if that? Who are going to look kind of thing? and thing? And then something in my spirit said, why are you being timid in making a public declaration, declaration that he would live? Whose reputation is it you're trying to protect? Is it God's reputation or your reputation? God can protect himself, can protect his own reputation. So my issue was that I was wondering and worried about how it would look on me if I declare that he's going to live and he did not live. And I wrestled with it for a while. But at 10.48, I posted in the family group, He shall, and I put shall in bold letters, he shall live and not die in Jesus' name. That that was my declaration in the family group. And I continued to pray and believe with all the fibers in my being that he would live. At 10.49, my cousin posted in the group that he now had a pulse. And by this time, I would have put out the request in purposeful. By this time, persons would have been praying, but nobody could convince me that that man's pulse did not come back because I I I because of the, his pulse came back because I was praying and I never care who else was praying. I felt convinced that it's because of my prayers where his pulse came back. that is where my faith was at that time. I was so sure that he was going to live and I believe him beyond anything that he would live. was ticked away, and we were all there waiting in the family group to get an update. Until 3.08 p.m., my cousin posted that he died. My brothers and sisters, I was confused. I was bewildered. I was flabbergasted. I can't even find the words. I couldn't understand. I said, but I don't understand. And, And it wasn't just that I prayed, but I know where my faith was when I prayed. And I was praying, believing that Mr. Branch would live. And I did not understand what happened. And I, I started to question. I said, but God, how could he die? I prayed, believing that he would live. And at the time, if my faith was like a balloon, when I got the news that he died, it's like somebody took a pin and, and stuck the balloon. That, that is what happened to me. I was genuinely confused. This. All of this happened on a Wednesday. And in the the program that I took these videos from is aired on a Wednesday. And later on in the evening, I turned on the TV and I started watching. It's one of my weekly staples. I started watching. And when I turned to the channel, this is how God works. When I turned to the channel, it was just in time to hear one of the judges introducing the strength test. And as customary, he said, it's not about what your blade, it was ice that they were chopping at the time. It's not about what your blade does to the ice. It's it's about what your ice does to the blade. And he started hitting the knife on the ice. And immediately the Holy Spirit started speaking to me regarding my cousin's father-in-law. And the Holy Spirit said to me, Karen, in this instance, it's not about what your faith did for him. It's about what his death has done to your faith. It's not about what your faith did for him. It's about what his death has done to your faith. And it was at that time that I got it. My faith was being put to the test. And I had to decide if I would allow my faith to be shaken by the outcome. Or my faith would stand in spite of the outcome. Because my faith ought not to be hinged on the outcome. My faith ought to be hinged on God. And so I'm going to ask you this morning. What is your dying situation that you're praying about and believing God for a breakthrough on? If your faith is being hit against the ice what will be the outcome? What will be the outcome? Will you pass the test or will you break? Or maybe your situation is already dead and your faith has suffered as a result. So as I wind down my message this morning, you may be wondering, but okay, What if my blade was hit against the ice and it broke? What if I failed my test? Abraham passed his first faith test when he took his family from his homeland to a foreign land. But when they got to Canaan, the famine came, his faith failed, and fear caused him to go to Egypt. When God Appeared to him later on in Genesis 15 after Pharaoh expelled him from Egypt. When God appeared to him and reminded him of the promise, his faith was strengthened, and the scripture says it was credited to him as righteousness because of his faith. Not long after that, his faith failed again when he allowed Sarah Sarah to convince Sarai to convince him to sleep with Hagar. In all of this, it is evident that God's purpose for Abraham would be fulfilled despite Abraham's issues because God had made a covenant with him. Even after all that he did in Egypt, God stepped in to ensure that his covenant with Abraham would come to pass. He inflicted a plague on uh, on Pharaoh just to allow Pharaoh to expel Abraham and put him, reposition him back on the road to destiny. God will put our allow things, stumbling blocks in our paths to reroute us, to reroute you back to your destiny when you have deviated from his plan for your life. He loves you too much to leave you where you are, even if after our character flaws and lack of fail, faith Result in a detour. He's gracious and will set us back on course if we surrender. Hebrews 11, eight to 12 is a scripture that we perhaps all know very well. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went. Even though he did not know where he was going, by faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents as did did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him for the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, as good as dead, came descendants, as numerous as the stars in the sky, and as countless as the sand on the seashore. This is a scripture that is referenced a lot in ministry where faith is concerned. Abraham had to go through what he went through because he would be the example referenced in Hebrews 11 as the standard bearer of faith. Q7. As I close, I want you to watch this video. And this video is a short video which shows another part of the forging process. And I want you to pay careful attention to what the bladesmiths are doing. Go ahead. The blade is being hammered. See, now it's being twisted. Look at those twists. Another contestant twist in one direction, then he's twisting in another direction. If you're the blade, you don't want to go through that. Thank you. But we have to go through what we're going through because our blade, your blade is being forged for a specific purpose. And there is divine destiny to be fulfilled. You have to go through what you're going through because there is also purpose in you to be fulfilled. Do not abort your process because the forging process is difficult. We know that, but don't abort it. God has taken you to it and he will take you through it. Do not look at another person and think that, boy, their process is easy. And you are there wishing that you could go through what they're going through. You could be where they are. No, no, don't do that. The last video I showed highlights one of the hardest forging processes I've seen on that program. You saw it, heated, twisted, 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 twisted. The metal is being twisted. Cut, well, all the things that we saw before that, that metal would have gone through, but then it got to that stage where it was being twisted. But just as that process is one of the hardest processes that I've seen in that program, the result of that process produces Q8, one of the most beautiful blades that I've seen in that program. And this is the type of blade that is produced as a result of that process. Look at that blade. The, The beauty of that blade could not have been achieved without the twisting. It's the twisting that causes that blade to be so beautiful. And it is called twisted Damascus. Is your blade a twisted Damascus? Is that what your faith is supposed to look like? Is that what your character is supposed to look like? But to get there, you have to go through the process. We look at it now and we say, wow, it's beautiful. But the metal had to go through something to get to that. You have to go through something to get to that. That is the the, the process that that blade went through is the only way the bladesmith could have gotten that blade to look like what it looks like. Who would want to go through that, twisting? Thank you. Who would want to go through all of that? We look at Abraham's story and we say, wow. But are you willing to go through what he went through? Some of you are faith giants. You're being called to be faith giants. Some of you are being called to be giant slayers. There are some Davids among us. Some of you are mountain movers. Some of us are evangelists. Some of us are kingdom finances. Some of us are pastors and apostles. Some of us are encouragers. Some of us are teachers and ministers of the word. Some of us are created to bloom right where you are now planted and to lead your friends and your family and your coworkers to Christ. But to get there, you have to be forged in fire you cannot abort your process and you cannot fast track your process. There are at least four places in Genesis where we see that God had a specific time for Isaac to be born. Genesis 17, 21 says, but my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you by this time next year. Genesis eighteen ten. Then one of them said, and these are the angels that appeared to Abraham, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Genesis eighteen fourteen says, is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. And Genesis 21, 2 says, Sarah became pregnant. And bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the very time God had promised. There is an appointed time for your Isaac to be born. There is an appointed time for your breakthrough. There is an appointed time for your season to change. Abraham had to go through the forge. You have to go through your forge. Don't be stubborn and come out of your fort earlier than you should, or stay longer than you should. Maybe you're okay in some areas, but the Holy Spirit has been revealing to you where you're weak and where you have dark spots. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone, to come to repentance. The Lord is saying, this is a call for repentance. Repentance in those areas where you have not allowed him, the master me, to do what he needs to do with you. Repentance in those areas where you identify those character flaws that have caused you to deviate, that have caused you not to fully walk in the purpose that you are created to walk in. And there may be some of you who you're sitting in the heat of a forge, and you you can't even you can't even rest on the hope that we're talking about now that resides in Jesus because you do not know Him as your Lord and Savior. This also is a call to you for repentance, I, 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 the kind of repentance that now leads to salvation. So it's an invitation. The floor is open. Whatever it is that you need to ask the Lord to address in you, whatever your dark spots, you can't get to that beautiful, twisted Damascus unless you go through your process. Thank you all for listening.